Go to Job, okay? We looked at chapter number one just short, briefly. Um, mainly, I, I wanted to just remind uh, more or less, just because we, uh, I've not heard Joe preach in a while. Last I heard him preach was, I believe, Brother Gravely, the first year I was here. So that'd be two, about two years ago that I can remember uh, Joe being preached, but um, <clears throat> most of us know. And so I kind of was wanting to get to this, um, just this one part before we turn to chapter 23. So you meet me in chapter 23, and I just want to give you a couple of things from verse number 12 of chapter number 1. When God does remove that hedge um, that Satan was correct about, Satan said, uh, you've put a hedge about him, you've made him prosperous, and that's right. God's uh, everything we have, we have cause of the Lord, and what we have been protected from, we've been protected from because of God, and God protecting us, and uh, all those wonderful things. But he's wrong about his estimation about why Job loved God, right? God loved, Job loved God because who God was, and not because of what God gave him. And he proved that. I'd like to believe that was true, but man, I've never been under the fire like that. Uh, neither have you, so it's easy to say and easy to shout about, but man, Job lived it. And give us an example of a man that um, was able to live like that before being dwelt by the Spirit of God and redeemed by grace in the sense of what you and I have in the New Testament, and was able to live that kind of life and be a good witness and be faithful in his affliction. Um, and we are in much better position today to do that, believe it or not. We have, we, uh, book of Hebrews has told us plainly how much better we have it, right? And so we should be able to endure afflictions just as well, and we can, and we need to believe that, not because of what we are, but we believe that because of what God put in us. So don't, don't let fear grip your heart when you go through afflictions and troubles and heartaches and problems and fightings and all these different things. Just trust God. What God's put in you will endure. If you'll just trust God, believe the Bible, and do what God told you to do, you're going to be just fine. Uh, may not be short of the tears and the heartache. That's going to happen. Job's going to talk about that. I want to remind you just a moment, though, from verse 12 of what happens. Job lost his possessions. In chapter number 1, his children die. He loses his health. He has boils. He's lost sleep. His skin is broken out and worms have infested it. His breath stank, he said. Uh, he's reduced to skin and bones. His bowels are troubled. His skin is turned black and he has a high fever. His wife has basically told him, I don't go as far as some. I, I really kind of think there's a possibility uh, that she's just trying to have mercy and pity on him and thinking that maybe he's better off. I don't know. It could go either way. Uh, but anyway, she does talk foolishly there. Uh, and then his best friends accused him as a liar and a hypocrite. Uh, his kinfolk have forsaken him. His servants have lost respect for him. He's mocked by society. And even in chapter number 17, uh, he's lost his goals and his aspirations in life. So remember what we read, a man that was upright, perfect in his generation, and it didn't take long before he lost everything and came to this place that we see where uh, the last thing I mentioned, him losing his goals and aspirations. Turn back to chapter 17 so you can see what I'm saying there. In Job chapter number 7, I know we're missing a lot to get to chapter 23, but there's a reason behind what I want to 
what I want to do here tonight, what I feel like, oh Lord, we're going to jump to just two more th- uh, books and, and be done tonight. But uh, he's lost all his goals and aspirations. In Job chapter 17, verse number 11, my days are past, my purposes are broken off. That's a man that's really just come to the end. We know he even said it was been better that I was never born. Remember that? Comes to a place where he wished he'd just die, wish God would just take him. Um, I don't know of anybody that could say they've been any lower than this perfect man. You want to talk about a man that was brought low. Job was brought low. And if God brought me low, I could have several reasons to think and repent on of why God probably brought me low. Job's problem is, and of course we know some of this, and some people, I'm not going to preach with as much authority as maybe some do, just because I, I, I I still trouble in my mind of what is going on in the mind of Job, what he's done wrong, what caused it, all those things I I'm going to leave with God, but um, there's some things I know that are not true that, that some people believe about it. But anyway, we know that Job has come to this place of feeling, uh, and that's one of his biggest problems is how he's feeling, is it not? He reveals a lot of truth about God. He still knows foundational truths about God, and he knows that God has not forsaken him, but he feels like he has, Right? And his problem is his feelings through all of this. Now, I'm not, I'm not making light of the, of the physical sufferings at all. I'm not saying that, I mean, who would that not bother? But I mean, just in the same chapter of it happening, he said, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's, I, I'm not sure that, uh, that this, this well-aged man, as aged I mean as in walking with God, that has been through some fires and been through some testings before. And God, this is the great trial of his faith, and um, he's determined to come forth as gold when he's tried. Remember he said that? And in chapter number 23, we get a little bit of a glimpse, and, and, and what I'm going to do tonight, I want to go to just a couple of places and just talk about um, some things I'll leave kind of open-ended. There's, there's a lot about God that God does not need me to explain about himself. And there's a lot of things and a lot of questions in your mind that you might have for God that God may never answer for you. Right? Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord and begged to know his name and he never did tell him his name. There's just some questions and things about God I just never will understand, I, but I, I, I'll agree. Well, let me not get ahead of myself. So we get to chapter number 23. Job has been through all of those things that I've mentioned there. Um, and turn with me back if you're not already there in chapter number 23. And let's look and we'll just start kind of slowly and turn to a psalm and maybe, a, maybe the book of Kings. And just take a look at, I, I, there's there's... In every Christian's life, I know there's, there's many testings, there's many trials, uh, but there seems to be one big trial, one big testing trial of your faith, and, 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 and it's not the same in every person's life, right? So think with me, and what I did is just try to go through and look at some various times of some trying times in the life of the saints of God, 
and the situation surrounding them and how they reacted to those testings and those trials and and what God did and why God was doing it. And the situations are always different. So so I, I may not be able to fully understand what it is that you're going through at the time and you may not be able to fully understand what I'm going through at, at various times and none of us may understand fully. That's why we always got to be careful about judging people when they're going through trials and afflictions and the trying of their faith. Because who knows how you would do if you were in their shoes, right? And I want to be careful to not to be one of these that, well, bless goodness, you know, if I was going through this, I'd do X, Y, and Z. I'd be careful. God might give you the opportunity to prove that. And uh, I don't want to do that. I don't like God having to put me through uh, the fire. I, I'd rather just learn the easy way, wouldn't you? I'd rather just yield myself to the Word of God and not have to go through some of these things. But we all will, right? So there's no way to avoid it. And as I tried to mention a little bit in talking about the, the, the deprivation in the desert times, we shouldn't really want to avoid that. Uh, we should want, so we, we know kind of the things here. I'm, he's going to mention it. And let's turn to 23. So if you're in chapter number 23 of the book of Job, we'll look at his reply to Eliphaz here. And uh, start in verse number one and look um, some of what I feel like. I'm going to say some things. So when I, when I make a statement, I say I feel like something. You'll know that that's my interpretation of the matter. So if I say I feel like Job is frustrated about something, I may be reading that into it. Uh, just because I'm trying to get the mind of this man that's going through this time and, and I'm just trying to think it through. But and, uh, there's a lot of people that have charged Job with a lot of things. And uh, I, know, I know at the end that God says, gird thyself up like a man, Job. I'm going to ask you some questions. Who's, who is this that darkeneth counsel without knowledge? But then he turns around and says that Job has spoken those things that are right concerning me. So I, I get the idea, I, I don't know, I get confused sometimes in the book of Job of whether did Job do something wrong? Uh, I feel like there is some things I can point to, but as far as like something sinful uh, that God was dealing with him about. And I, I so I'm going to read some things into it uh, and I'll try to be clear when I say something like I feel like Job's going through this or I feel like Job may be thinking this so that you'll know that that's me and not necessarily exactly what Job's thinking. Uh, but look at chapter 23, the book of Job, verse number one. Then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Now, I've heard a lot of people and what they want to say here in that he's mad at God, that God is dealing too severely with him. Now, again, I'm, I'm trying to think through this. I'm okay if that's your opinion, but that's not what he just said. Right? You did not, you did not hear Job say, I'm mad at God because I don't deserve this. Now, some people make it out to be as though Job has is, is got that kind of spirit with God. But that's not what he said. He, he, in fact, I, what, I, what I see, let's read the verse again. Even today, look at, remember now what we all just went and talked about. All of his health being gone, all of his family's dead, all the things that he's already gone through. And he gets, and then his friends come along, they're good fundamental Baptists. And they've done told him how horrible and how wicked he is and he'd get right with God and, you know, all those great things. And they were such a help. And, you know, who needs enemies when you got friends like those? 
And uh, so uh, he uh, is replying here and he said, now he says this, after dealing with all of that, he said in verse number two, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. I feel like he's even saying, look, I'm, my complaint is bitter. I, I, I don't think he's denying the fact that there's a complaint that he has. What the complaint is, we'll get to here in just a second. I don't think necessarily he's saying I'm complaining because I don't deserve for God to do this. I think any man that knows God would say he deserves anything God would deal his way. Wouldn't you say that to be true? True and righteous are thy judgments, O God. And whatever God allowed to come your way, God is just and right in doing so. I think what he's, what, what more of what's going on line here is his confusion in the matter. Wouldn't you say? He's pretty confused about what's going on. It, it's not, it's not so much that there's a, there's a fear in Job or a, a, uh, remember the Bible said he never sinned with his lips nor charged God foolishly. So he's not, he's not charging God foolishly and saying, God, what you're doing to me is not right. That's not so much what he's saying. He's saying, I've, I've got to complain and I've got bitterness and, and, and my, compla- my, my stroke, what, I, the, what, what I'm having to, the affliction that I'm suffering uh, is even worse than my groaning can express. My, my, my crying out can't even express to you the, the affliction and the pain that I'm suffering and what I'm going through. Anybody ever felt that way? <laughs> It's like I couldn't even put into words how I'm hurting. You know, I'm just, God's hands against me and he's dealt with me. I, I, I can't even get my complaining out because his stroke is so heavy against me. And if ever there was a man that has endured some serious affliction, it was Job. And if anybody had a right to complain about anything, it'd be Job. And, uh, but I, I, I have a feeling that he's going to go on and reveal what his complaint is. And it's not so much that the way we complain sometimes. I, I don't know about you, but when God puts something in my life and some sort of affliction and I suffer something, my thinking and my complaining against God is generally very selfish. It is kind of the idea of, well, yeah, God, I know I, I know I probably deserve hell and I know all those truths, but, but in reality, I really don't deserve this. I've tried to live for you, God. Anybody ever felt that way? I've tried to do right, Lord. I've tried to live right. I've tried to do everything. I've tried to give. I've tried to X, Y, and then you, you pull out your laundry list of your little feeble righteousness, thinking somehow it's going to help you, but you do it anyway, don't you? And, and the whole time, We've, we've got a whole messed up view of what's even going on. We're, we're viewing it as though God just was bored that day and thought, man, wouldn't it be fun to just hurt Tyler? I got nothing else to do. I died for him. I bought him with the price of my own blood and, and adopted him into my family. And boy, wouldn't it just be a fun time to just kind of make him miserable. <laughs> That's how we believe sometimes. God's not like that, is he? Now watch this. Okay, let's look. Let's, let, let, let me move a little quicker. All right, so we, the first thing we see, we see that he's feeble and fainting. Job is getting tired. He's getting 
You, you've got to think, this has been going on for months in Job's life. This is not something that happened overnight, and we're not talking about a course of a couple of days. We're talking about months has transpired in this man's life with him suffering this way. And he don't even have a friend that loves him enough to try to comfort him in his affliction. Miserable comforters are y'all. What he said. And so he is expressing here in his answer, he says, even today. Now remember now, God's not said a word yet, has he, Brother Easley? God has not told him why he's doing it. God's not told him what happened. As far as he knows, nothing about Satan accusing and going before God. Job knows none of this. Months have transpired. He's given. He's prayed. He's been faithful. And out of nowhere, God allows everything in his life to be completely taken away. And he's on the verge of death physically, boils all over his body. Anybody ever had a boil? All over his body. He's suffering afflictions and pains and heartaches and, and, and everything that we said that he had when we looked at his possessions, everything's gone. And I really don't see a whole lot of him complaining saying, God, I want it back. You know what I feel like his biggest complaint is? I get ahead of myself a little bit, Brother Nate. You, you know what I feel like all Job's problem is? All Job wants to do is just know the presence of God is there with him. You, we'll, we'll see that. We, so, so first we see that he's, he's getting feeble. I tried to memorize this for you, but it just didn't work, okay? He's getting feeble and he's fainting. I'm going to carry it with me. He's getting feeble and he's faint. Okay, that's verse 2. Now, verse number 3. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. So we're starting to get an idea of what's wrong with this man's life. Now, we, we've got to move quicker because I want to look at two other people and, and two other situations, but... When you, think about, when you think about Job and, and what he's going through since he suffered this, and he's been attacked and he's been told you're wicked and you're all those things, and he's going to come back with an argument in the next chapter. In chapter 24, he's going to say, no, actually, if I was wicked, I'd be prospering. Then what he said in chapter 24, he's going to talk about how the wicked prosper. So if I was wicked, I'd be doing great. That's kind of what he said. And if I'm wrong, somebody correct me. Somebody, somebody try to make what I'm saying worthless. That's what he says at the end of the chapter. So he's not a wicked man. God's already said that, right? And so he's not really even complained one time about wanting all of his cattle back. All of his sheep, all of his goats, all of his servants, all of his prosperity. He's not even argued about wanting his position back in the community. God, it's not fair that my reputation has suffered this way. His reputation suffered. People were saying things about him that were not true. This man that was known and out all the land has become nothing, right? And the whole entire time, he's not complained of all those things. And that would be the first thing me and you would complain about, probably, wouldn't it? God, why would you take all of that from me? Give it back to me. And that's what, we'd be, that's what we would be focusing on. I, from the feeling that I get again, I could be wrong. I don't see that being Job's problem. 
Job is just upset because he doesn't understand why that he feels like he's been forsaken. He knows he's not. He knows for a fact that God has not left him. But he can't feel. I'm going to tell you what Job's biggest problem is, at least by chapter number 23. He can't feel God. This one, and I, I, this is just me now. So I'm going I'm to, okay, go to verse number three. Oh, then I might know. Okay, here's where we're going to go in verse number three. You see that Job's feeble and he's fainting. And in verse number three, I can barely read my writing here. But this is one of my points here in verse number three. We're going to see the frustration of faith. Now, I know that sounds strange, but faith can be frustrating, can it? God, you would be perfectly able to part the heavens. He's done it. You could part the heavens. You could part the top of this building. You could come right down. You could touch. I mean, God, you could do it. Why are you forcing me to just believe you? Why won't you just show yourself? Has anybody ever thought about that? God, I don't know if anybody else has ever done this, but I've done this. I don't really recommend it, but I think some of you will get a good kick out of it, Brother Lamb. God, here's the, I've got a petition for you. I need, some, I need some help. I need answers. Has anybody ever done that but me, or is that just me? I've done that before as a young Christian. Thinking that God was going to point me to the right. We're supposed to believe God and walk by faith, aren't we, Brother Tom? And now what he was getting the children of Israel from the Exodus to Kadesh Barnea, all he, he got so frustrated, why won't you just believe me? Look at what I've done and how I've delivered you and how I fed you and everything that I've done. Why will you not just believe me? He just wants to walk by faith. And Job is no different. The Hebrews 11 tells us it is no different. Oldest book in the Bible. It's been no different for Job than it is for me and you today. For they cannot please. It's impossible to please God without faith. Job was living and walking by faith just like me and you are today. And he's frustrated by that a little bit. Now this again, I'm reading that into it. Let me show you the frustration of faith, where I get that from. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my calls before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. But God doesn't operate that way, does he? Anybody else have that feeling? God, I just need to know I just need you to talk to me. And wouldn't it just be a lot easier if you would just let me find you and me and you just face to face have a conversation so that I could hear your words and I could understand them and you could hear my argument. (laughs) Now, not all of us know the reality and so does Job. But he's frustrated a little bit with not because of these friends that he supposedly had that are never going to really listen and they've got their own opinion and that's the way most folks are anyway. And, and his, his real argument is, man, if I could just get to God and just, if God would just show himself, if God, if you would just let me find your seat and make my argument before you and talk to you face to face and then I could understand what you have to say to me. But I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand why you do this. 
Why do I mean, I'm fine. Okay, you want to take everything? Take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You want to send me some friends to attack me? Send them and attack me. I'm going to serve you. In fact, he said this, I know my Redeemer liveth, and I am going to see him in the latter days upon the earth. Job had no intentions of quitting God. None. But he was frustrated. The frustration of faith is, is that in our flesh, we just want God to reduce himself to our level so that we can understand. <laughs> and so he's quit trying to prove, prove his case to that crowd. He's going, listen, fellas, my frustration is I want to feel God. I just want to know God's with me and I can get through this thing. I don't know about you, but that's generally always my problem. If I can just feel God, and uh, that may be a lot of our problem. When we don't feel God, we feel like quitting. Right? I know a lot of people that come to a place in their Christian life, and God puts them through that desert, and they don't feel the shouting, and they don't feel the emotion, and they don't feel the stirring, and they don't feel, and they just feel dry, and that they have a tendency to just quit. And that's the way Job's feeling. I mean, Job's enduring this affliction like he's supposed to. But what's added on top of it that's almost become overwhelming for Job is that he can no longer feel the presence of God. And if you're saved, that's troubling. And I know we're not saved by feelings, and I, I know feelings are troubling. But there's a feeling. of if, There's no way that you could not feel the creator God of heaven moving in a building in a service in your car. Thank God for good feelings. But let's be reminded we won't by faith. I don't know that he ever really, I don't know that he ever does understand any of this. I'm just trying to think through this just as a man, Right? I feel like I would know the words which he would speak in verse 5. I know what he would answer me. I could understand then what he had to say. Now, okay, let's let's move quick now. Verse number 6, he remembers the favor he has with his father. Will he plead against me with his great power? No. But he would put strength in me. Now, does that sound like a man that's mad at God? I've heard preachers preach this and talk about how Job sinned and what great sin he was in and how mad he was at God and how self-righteous he was and all those things. I mean, that's going to be hard to press to put that in there when you read a verse like that. He said, no, look, if I could just get to God, my problem is I feel like I can't find God. I, I, I can't feel him. I can't feel his presence. And no matter where I go, I can't seem to find him. And, and, and if I could just get to him, if I could just reach God. And, 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 and uh, verse number six, he said, would, would he plead against me? No. Uh, no, he wouldn't plead against me because I haven't done nothing. I haven't done anything. This isn't chastisement. I'm not being punished for doing something. I didn't, I didn't do, you know, this, this, I, if I pled my cause to God, I know I would get a fair trial. I would get a righteous judgment from God. God wouldn't plead against me in his power. God would put strength and power in me if I could just get to it. Now, verse number seven He'd have a fair finding. There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered 
forever from my judge. Now, because Job maintained his integrity, and I still believe this day he didn't do anything to cause it, and we know that looking back now. But I think he knew this. When you've got something going on in your life, and there's some big tragedy befalls you, one of the first things you do is say, God, what did I do? Don't you? But then there's something, it's like you, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse, Brother Tony. It's like, it's like it's, it gets no better. And, and you know in your heart, well, God's not judging me. I, I mean, there's, sure, there's this and this and this and this and this. But I, 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 I went and forsaken and confessed it and God put that under the blood. So, I, I know God's not judging me. I know it's just not his, his strong arm against me because I did something wrong and chastening. That's what, that's what he's saying here. Is I know that's not the case. And, and if I could plead that case with God and talk with God, that that's what I'd get. I'd get a righteous and fair judgment because God knows I'm telling the truth. That's what, that's what he feels. So what's his problem? Look at verse number eight. Verse, most of us know these verses. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Go backward. Can I say something? When you're going through problems and suffering and trials and things in your life, don't let the devil to convince you to go backwards. I've seen people when they they're, when they're going strong for Jesus and they're sold out for God, man, they're going strong. And then things don't go the way they kind of had an expectation, and God moves affliction into their life. Then they start backing up on convictions they've always had. It's like, well, it's not worth it if this is what God's going to do to me. You ever heard people say that? I have. And destruction swiftly followed. That's not a good attitude to have. Don't back up on your convictions because God's allowed affliction in your life. Don't back up on nothing. Now, that's not what's being said here, but I saw that word backward and I wanted to add that in there. It didn't cost nothing extra. Okay, so behold, I go forward, he's not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive him. Now, is that, is that not what the problem is? In verse number 8, he feels forgotten. Verse number 8, I'm going through all of these things, and, 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 and my complaint is I just want to get to God. If God, I, I've not heard much about all the things that, of the suffering. I just want to get to God. I just got to find God. And, and I cannot perceive him. Now, notice it's not, it's not saying that God's not there. Right? I just can't perceive him. All of us know Jesus has promised and been faithful. He's going to go with us even to the end of the earth. He's going to go with us to the end of the world. But there's going to be plenty of times in your life where it sure is going to feel like he quit you. And that's what he's feeling. His problem here is that his feelings are starting to get to him now. I just can't perceive God. I'm okay with these things befalling me. God, if you'll just be with me, if I could just feel you move, if I could just feel your presence, if I could just, if I could just know, if I could just understand, his feelings are starting to get to him now. Now, he's going to deal with that. It don't last long. Don't let your feelings run your life, especially when you're suffering. Okay, so he feels forgotten. So what does he do? Look at verse number nine. On the left, where he doth work, but I cannot, what's the problem? Behold him. Behold, perceive. Look at the last part of the verse. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. 
Now that's kind of a, I don't know if paradox is a word. I don't know the right word I want to use for what just got said. Think about what just got said. He's not saying God's forsaken me. That would be Jesus' language. You see that in the Psalms. Why hast thou forsaken me? No man's ever been forsaken by God. But one man that hung on a tree. And that was only for a short time. Now, so what's the problem then? Okay, perception. Now, what just got said? Stand up, Hunter. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 come on, come on. Well, no, I'm going to get somebody else. No, no, come on, come on, come on. All right, so look right here. On the left hand where he doth work, but I can't behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand. So what's he saying? What he's saying is, God's on my right hand, but he's hiding himself. He's not saying God's not there. He's not saying God that was upholding me by his right hand. God who's been at my right hand. God who is my stay. God who sustained me through my life. God who has given me all my blessings. God who is my life. Who's always been there on my right hand. It's not that he's not there. He just is hiding himself. He's still on my right hand. But he feels like he's on his right hand, but he's hiding himself. Okay, sit down. You did good. Okay, I'm trying to move quick so we can get what we're, what we're trying to get to here. I've seen people in, in their Christian life and they, they, and I, I don't believe every single person that has, let's use the word fainted, is lost. I don't believe that. I believe there's people that are not going to church right now that have been hurt before and there's a good chance they're probably saved. I don't believe every single person that has stumbled, that is whatever, not every single one of them people, a lot of them may be, a lot of them may be, but I, I don't believe every one of them is. I believe they come to places like this and they can't make it through. And it's not that they couldn't make it through because of any other reason other than they got their eyes off of the Lord and started operating by emotion. I was offended. I was hurt. Um, I, 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 I can't feel God. And so since I can't feel God anymore, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm going to back up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to operate differently because I can't feel God. So only when you feel God are you going to operate the way that you should. I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think it's our place to make deals with God. God, if you'll let me feel you, then I'll praise you. I, I, I'll, I'll sell out to you, God, as long as I can feel your presence. I'll, I'll give my life to you. I don't think you're going to get far like that. I think the better idea is, God, I'm going to do whatever you say whenever you say to do it. If you don't ever show up in, in my, and, and give me, let me feel your presence, I'm going to serve you until I die. That would be the right spirit, wouldn't it? But that don't make it easy. Because when you're used to feeling God and then you don't feel Him anymore, there's a longing in your heart. And so that's what He's going through. 
He is perceiving. He is a perception. It's, it's all perception to him. He don't feel like God's there anymore. Or, or that he's there, but somehow he's hiding himself from him. And so, so he's, got, he's got a choice to make now. Now, you know what he could do? All right, God, all that selling out, all that rising early to pray, all that maintaining my integrity, all the things that I did, all the offerings, all the sacrifices, all the obedience, all the, the being perfect as a touch on the law, all those things, I'm done with that if you don't show up. Or, or, you can focus on the facts. So, Brother Tony, he feels forgotten. But instead, he focuses on what the facts are. Look at the next verse. So, I can't perceive him. I can't feel him. But I am not going to let that control me. I'm going to focus on what is factual, what is true. And that's verse number 10. He knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. There wasn't a quitting bone in Job's body. And I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on going if I never feel you, if I never perceive you, if you never show yourself again. This much I do know. I know you're there, and I know you know where I'm at. And as long as you know where I'm at, whether I know whether you're at or not is irrelevant. But God, I know you know me. I know you know where I'm at. And I'm going to come forth as gold because you're there and you know every step I take. And you're for me. You're not against me. Those are the facts. So you can focus on your feelings and you can say, oh, well, I can't feel it. And this is happening. That blah, blah, and you can drive yourself absolutely crazy or you can stop and you can slow down. And in a matter of one verse, you can focus on the facts and you can say, no, I don't care how I feel. I know God's there. I know what he's promised. I know what he's going to do. He is going to perfect that which concerneth me. And God is for me. He's not against me. Those are the facts no matter what you feel. So he knows the way I take when he tried me. So he focuses on the facts. Now, I wrote, I, this isn't original with me, and it's not a very deep, but I wrote this in my Bible, and I, I want to uh, just give it to you. Uh, it, it, it's not what you don't know, but what you do know that will see you through it. So it's not what you don't know. Well, God, I don't understand. If I could talk to you, if you could just explain this to me, if you could just help me to understand, or if I could just perceive you on my left or my right or backwards or forward, if I could just find your seed, if I could just, God, if you would just X, Y, and Z, God. No, just focus on the facts and remember what you do know is what will get you through. You may never know what you don't know. But what you do know is enough to shout on till you get to glory. And so he says, he focuses on the facts. Now, I didn't get to finish all this. So I jotted it down. So just, I missed some of this and will, doesn't matter. Okay, this was really quick. Verse number 11, we'll see his faithful feet. I know that's kind of, doesn't really give the idea of what's being said here. His feet aren't faithful. But just, my foot hath held his steps and his way have I kept and not declined. Verse number 12, neither have I gone back from the command of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. Now, in verse number 14, please don't let this word scare you, because I needed it for my alliteration, okay? But he faces the foreordained. 
Now, I can use that word in this sense because we are all predestined to be conformed to an image. That's for a nation I don't have a problem with. Okay, so I'm using it in the proper context. But that word scares people sometimes. Look at what he said in the next verse. Look at verse 14. Verse number 13 is, is, is a tough one. He's one mind who can turn him what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. He's not saying that in a negative way. I don't, I don't think so. I think he's just stating the facts. He's saying that when God's determined to do something for you, he's going to do it. And you can't negotiate your way out of it. Now, my kids, I've preached them to sleep. Well, used to when these were cute and little. Brother Bruce, I can have everything in my being to absolutely kill one of them. And when I get home, they're going to probably call child services. I'm going to kill one of them. Now, this ain't happened much. Well, I ain't never killed one of them. Called child service. This ain't happened much. It happens more often with them and with my little Taylor here. I can have that in my heart set that I'm going to kill one of them. And they can come up to me and just start that smile and give you that look. And it's just, they can negotiate their way out of it. Now, these two can't, but them three can. They give you that look, cry a little tear. All right, but if you do it again, <laughs> and the boys are sitting there going, you would have killed me if I'd have done that. You can't negotiate your way out of things with God. And you know what it does? It's funny, we laugh at it, but it's created little spoiled monsters. Now, don't you amen that. Did I hear a grunt or something out of you? You got something to say? God doesn't got no spoiled youngins, does He? So God loves you so much He's got, he's got a purpose for your life, and He's not afraid to hurt you to get you there. Because it's the, maybe the best thing for you. So you can't go to God and start complaining and saying, well, God, you know, and make this big. God's determined to make you like Jesus, and He's going to do it, or He'll kill you. Take you home, right? I think that's more of what He's saying here. I don't think He's complaining against, because we know God can be pleaded with. Who can tell whether God is saved by me? We, we know those things. But He's saying concerning me, because look at the next verse. Goodness, I'm not going fast. I'm going to, all right, He faced the foreordained. Look at verse number 14 again. For He performeth the thing that is appointed. What's that next word? For me. Don't forget that. When God's working in your life, it's for you. He's going to perform the things that He's appointed for me, not to me. God's not cruel. God's not trying to hurt nobody. Everything He's doing, He's doing it for you. Isn't that right? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. That's what the Bible said. Okay, I didn't get to go as fast. Let me, I just wanted to point out. And then look at verse number 15. Therefore am I troubled at His presence. Does anybody get the feeling that he's, he's, preaching a message in front of people, not in the time to think out loud, but this is just what I do. Um, does anybody get the feeling he's saying on one hand, God, I can't find you. 
You're not on the right. You're not on the left. You're not backwards and I'm going forward and I can't find your presence. I can't feel you. I can't recognize you. I can't see you. I know you're there, but I just can't find you. And then he comes down the bottom of the chapter and he's like, well, I don't even know if I want to because I'm troubled at the presence of God. You're troubled at presence. You can't feel anyhow. Don't let your mind start playing tricks on you. You know God's there. God ain't give up on you. God ain't quit you. And he's not saying I'm troubled because God's mean and God's cruel and God's just going to hurt me. He's saying I'm, I'm troubled at his presence because I know what it takes and I know what God is determined to do for me. And what God's going to do for me is going to try me in a fire that I come forth as gold, but the fire is going to hurt nonetheless. You know why? I know he's going to he know Job knows this. He didn't need the New Testament. Job knows this about God. He's walked with God long enough to know that God's not going to, because look at what he says. Look at what he says. He's frank about his fears. I'm troubled at his presence when I consider I'm afraid, for God maketh my heart soft and the Almighty troubles me. Look at the last verse. Because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither has he covered the darkness from my face. What's he saying there? God is not going to, God did not remove me before it started hurting, before the darkness came into my life, nor is he going to hide it from me. God's not going to remove the affliction and he's not going to remove me out of it. I'm going to have to make it through this thing all the way to the other side. He knows that. And he is determined in his mind, no matter what, that that's what he's going to do. Now, we don't have the time to do it. I don't think. Nope. And so, we'll have to be done. But here's a situation. And this is just, this is just a glimpse into what I felt like was kind of the core of where Job was. And his affliction and his suffering but can I say something? I see. I, I have. I guess I can say I've probably been here, and I've seen others get here without losing their family, without losing everything, without all the things in the first chapter. Just God withdrawing His presence has, will almost bring you to the brink of wishing you'd just rather go on and be with the Lord. Absolutely depress you. Absolutely make you feel like life is over. If you've ever known what it's like to walk in the presence of God, for God to suddenly stop manifesting that presence to you is very troubling to your life. And we see how this man dealt with it. He's a, obviously a great man. He dealt with it the right way. He stayed true, kept his integrity, focused on what was facts, didn't let his mind play tricks on him and just focused on the truth. And we won't get to do it now, but maybe we can just come back because it's, it's, it's time to go. What I wanted to get to is a couple of others that I'm, I wanted to look at. Psalm 13 and um, 1 Kings 19. You know those stories, so just think them through or read them later when you want to. In the time of those afflictions of those men, like in Elijah's case, if you'll remember that story, 
And again, this is what I, you know, this, these are mysteries we don't understand. I probably would have done to Elijah what happened to Job. Elijah's the one that went and got under a juniper tree and cried and felt sorry for himself and had a little pity party. I'm the only one standing for God. That woman's trying to kill me. Now y'all know why I don't hit on the women so much. He's scared to death, that woman. <laughs> and, and what happens? I mean, if it, I kind of felt like if anybody deserved to have a little bit of chastening, wouldn't it have been him with his, uh, what he was going through? And God sends the angel of the Lord and touches him twice. And he half quit. <laughs> so, so don't sit there and say, well, God, you've done this for this one and this one. Compare yourself amongst yourself. That is not wise. God's righteous and just in his judgments with us. He knows what's best for you and he knows what's best for me. And he deals with us all on an individual level. Amen. Right? Yes. And boy, there's other times, but that thrilled my heart when I read that today, Brother Peter. The angel of the Lord. He remember he fell asleep and he touched him. He said, Arise and eat. Made him something to eat. <laughs> and, I, and, and hey, Job gets to the end and God said, Act like a man. So look, hey, you're not going to figure God out. You know what me and you best to do? Just focus on the facts. God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. And God is working things into your life for a divine purpose. And it's better off that you and me just cooperate with God and believe God. Just trust Him. Just trust Him. You don't have to understand it. Just trust Him. God's going to do you right. I promise you that. God's going to do you right. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the service tonight. Pray for Brother Reed tomorrow. See, so he goes. You have a good report from his uh, testing. Pray God she'd help him with that. Got others, Lord, that are sick, others that will be facing surgeries. And, but, Lord, tonight my prayer is for the people of God, those of us that are saved. Uh, Lord, we preach on these things as though they're so simple. But, Lord knows, if you get in these situations, Lord, you know us. You know what we're made of, and you know it's not that simple. It, it, to us, from our flesh is so the frustration sometimes of faith, not understanding, wanting you to just speak to us audibly or have things our way. And so, Lord, I just ask you to help all of us to strengthen our faith. Forgive us of our unbelief. Forgive us for where we failed to trust you. Maybe we've charged you foolishly. For you're true and righteous. You're just and equitable. You're not a respecter of persons. And you've proved yourself faithful and loving. And for that, we're thankful. I pray for any there tonight that might need you, need strengthened, and need help from the help of God, that you'd be close and mighty in their life. Lord, we love you again. Thank you. Help us, our men and ladies, as they go to the workforce this week. Strengthen them, help them, Lord, to be what you want them to be in this dark hour. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, stand to your feet, and we'll have a verse. And what are we going to sing, Brother Michael? 144. 144. If you need to come. Thank <laughs> you.